You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so tonight, Bezras Hashem, we're going to be continuing with our series of shirim on the teachings of Rav Yitzhak Meir Morgenstern Shlita. And the title of tonight's shir is going to be the Malchus that is concealed within the unknowable head, which is basically a rough, clunky translation of a statement that Rav Meir brings down countless times, perhaps more than any other statement, which serves as the particular novelty of Ravichemeyer, the concept of Malchus Hagnuza Baradla, the Malchus that is concealed in Radla, Reish Dalid Lamed Aleph, which is an acronym for a concept that's brought down throughout the Zohar, Reisha Delo Isyada, the unknowable head, or the head that cannot be known. Now, three introductions that we're going to be speaking about before we enter into the sugya. Number one is the typical introduction, and specifically when it comes to this year, it's very important for me to be magdish this, that everything that you're going to be hearing tonight is my humble understanding of the writings of Ravichemeyer Morgenstern and his Tamidim, as well as the Hanhagos of Ravichemeyer Morgenstern and his Tamidim. And any mistakes that emerge out of it and any confusion that seems to be present specifically from this sugya should be leveled at my feet as opposed to leveling it by the feet of the tzaddik. Second of all, what we're going to be doing, like we've been doing until now, is we're going to be mamshich. We're going to try and build upon what we've been speaking about until now. And in order to really understand how the concept of malchus and how the concept of reshad lo isyadar, the unknowable head, play into what we've been discussing throughout the series of Shira Manor we actually have to go to some basic introductions, some basic hakdamos that are not necessarily based on Ravichemeyer. These are based on the Aleph phase of the Arizal's reading of the Idra Rabbah and the Idra Zuta. But these sugyos that the Arizal is Mazbir, that describes this concept of Reish Loisida, my humble opinion is that there has been no tzaddik who has spoken as much about the concept of Reisha Delo Isyada, the unknowable head or the head that cannot be known, other than the archetype which Ravitcher Meyer Morgenstern finds himself in, in this sugya in particular, which was Rav Yitzchak Isaac of Kamarna, the Kamarna Rebbe, the Machaber of Svarim like Nisiv Mitzvosecha, of Zohar Chai. He was the nephew of the Atarasvi of Zidichav, and one of the main tzaddikim that Ravitchemeyer Morgenstern draws his mahalach down from, in particular when it comes to the concept of Yehudim. But when a person learns the writings of Kamarna, in particular Zohar Chai, a person sees that everywhere you turn, every page that you're looking at, is bringing one into contact with the sugya of Malchus and Reshad Lois 
So what we're going to do in order to understand how this connects to what we spoke about last week in terms of the necessity of the individual engaging specifically within the realm of limitation in order to disclose the fact that the koach or the strength that it takes for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to conceal himself so that things that are apparently other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu could exist is a more essential strength, is a deeper strength that touches the core of the infinite, even above and beyond the infinite expression without any tzimtzum. Because like we saw in the name of the Rabbi Rashab and the name of Rav Aaron Halevi from Strel Shalia, that the koyach ma'atzur or the koyach masach the strength of prevention or the strength of separation or the strength of interruption is more essential, comes from a deeper place within the individual than the natural ability to simply flow with the natural proclivities of the soul. And that it's specifically in the limitations, in the midos, in the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has revealed himself in the osios of Yud Vavke, the Shem Havaya, or the Torah Tfila. It's specifically there that we have to engage with HaKadosh Baruch Hu by way of his limitation, in order that through his limitation we have access to the unlimited, thereby disclosing a Tosefes Kishut, an additional adornment that shows that not only is the unlimited expressive of godliness and Kedusha, but the limited and the confined and the demarcated and the Gvulim also bespeak HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that at the end of history, we're able to come back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say that not only did we find you in the infinite resources of light that was devoid of kalim and concealment, but we even found you within the kalim and concealment as well. We found you in the darkness as well, thereby doubling or potentiating or intensifying the aspect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our lives. So what we spoke about until now, this holding pattern of a paradox that on the one hand we have absolutely no access to HaKadosh Baruch Hu We have no access to the immediate relationship with the infinite. Yet nevertheless, we obviously have a deep relationship through mediation with the infinite and specifically through his midos. To the point that it's a rutz of a shov. To the point that on the one hand we're running towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the deep awareness that we're grasping him. On the other hand, we're stuck in that natural, anxious, existential space of realizing that no matter how far we go around the rungs of Kedusha, we can never truly grasp the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And even what we answered last week to show why it is that we can't have access to the essence, which was in order for Hashem to show us the loftier value of limitation, at the end of the day, it doesn't give us a real insight into how this paradox plays out in the real lived experience of Avodas Hashem. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. The two concepts that we need to be masbir first off in the letters of the Arizal are the concept of Malchus and the concept of Reisha Dulo Isida and the interconnection between the two of them. Now, like we said in the Shirim on the Esser Sviros, in particular the Shir on the Svira of Malchus, Malchus is the lowest manifestation of the order of Hishtalshlus. The 10 stages through which anything emerges out of itself, from the original will and the desire and the pleasure that drives that desire that is associated with the Mida of Keser, to the collective vision associated with the right brain that sees everything in its unity and its wholeness of Chachma, 
then to the differentiation and the need to discern one thing from the other through the constriction of the left brain of Bina, then down to the connectivity that allows for those mochen, for those modes of consciousness to descend and actually become lived emotional experiences, which is das, which is not counted when keser is counted, and keser is not counted when das is counted. And then something emerges down to the practical manifestation of how it would look through chesed, of what it's going to look like in its full expressivity. And then Gvura, the left arm, comes along in constriction and it says, no, ad kantavo, it can't go any further. And then that dialectic between expression of chesed and containment of Gvura finds its paradoxical union that gives birth to a beauty or a sublimity that emerges out of a certain impossibility in Teferis. And then down to the actual vessels of manifestation, the right side of Netzach, which overcomes any preventions that stand in its way, and its counterpart, which is part and parcel of the same sphera of Hod, which is willing to admit or surrender to the fact that there are certain things that a person can't overcome. And then down to the media of Yesod, which takes all of that energy and that collective experience from the original will down to that surrender of Hod, and it decides to express itself practically speaking. And Malchus, that tenth sphera, which is a quasi-sphera in the sense that it's nothing other than its own impoverishment. Malchus is simply the sum total of all things as they manifest in reality, the space in which things manifest. But Malchus on its own right is that feminine principle of lack, of desire, and not a gendered principle of femininity, but rather the ontological concept of femininity that is found within all masculine individuals as well, just as the masculine principle of expressivity is found within the feminine as well. But Malchus in its silent femininity associated with the hiddenness and the darkness has no strength of its own. It's simply the presence of that which preceded it. It's laced lamagar meklum. It has nothing to claim of its own because it's simply the receptacle that reveals that which preceded it. It's the humility necessary in order for a person to be able to say what I'm saying are not my own words. That what I'm trying to convey is not my own thoughts, but rather thoughts that come from a place above me. That nikud of malchus, because of its impoverishment, is also susceptible to descent into darkness. Ragleha Yardu Mavas, the Zohar HaKadosh says, the legs of Malchus dangle into the arenas of death, the worlds of separation. Every night we see in the Kavanas of the Arizal, the Malchus of Atzilus, that limit point where the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is absolutely present even within limitation, descends into true worlds of limitation, into the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, Nasiya, into the worlds of separateness and the nocturnal anxiety of things not being unified. And Malchus, or the Shechina, the presence of godliness in this world, in all of its destitution, is found specifically in the lowest rungs of experience. We all find ourselves in the realm of Malchus. Everything, according to the Arizal, that we are possible, able to discuss, is rooted in the concept of Malchus. Because everything preceding Malchus is almost on a certain level unspeakable because of its lofty nature. The tzimtzum itself, that original contraction of godliness, is considered in the words of the Arizal and the words of the Zohar as kavyachol, so to speak, the malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That when we talk about Kabbalah and malchus shemayim, we say that all that we can understand in terms of how Hashem has created the world is the fact that he had desired on a certain level 
a malchus, a kingship, and ein melech bloam. And there's no king without those who are lower than that to recognize it. So everything that we experience in our degraded experience is the conception of malchus. Down to the ABCs of our anxieties and our difficulties, as well as the Torah and the mitzvahs that we engage in. It's all within the realm of malchus, the physicality, the ipsity, the thisness of everything. The fact that there's quantity and quality that determines one thing from another. All gvulim, all dinim, all gvuros, all difficulty, all constriction, all achiza of chitzonius or klipos or husks of secondariness grab themselves in the space of malchus. But Ravit Shemayar wants us to look very carefully at something that the Arizal HaKadosh wrote. The Arizal in Sharyud Gimel, in Sharyud Gimel in Eitz Chaim Kadisha. Eitz Chaim Kadisha, the 50 Sha'arim, the 50 gates that the Arizal conveyed to his student from Chaim Vital, compiled down into what we know of as the Sefer HaKadosh of Eitz Chaim, the Tree of Life, he writes as follows in Shar Yud Gimel, which is Shar Atik. Atik is the loftiest of the partsufim, something that we don't necessarily have to get into for our understanding of what we're trying to say. But Ezra Hashem, Hashem should be with us, that there should be a time where these sugyos become more practical. And the Arizal there speaks in Shar Yud Gimel in the first few prakim about the original spheros, about the root spheros, the Tisha spheros hashorashim the first instantiation of Sviros, that Koyach HaGvul, that way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself in this world. And he associates it, and Rav Itchemeyer discusses this at length in his on the beginning of Eitz Chaim in Yam HaChachma Tafshin Ayin Beis, which I've translated, just waiting to figure out how to share it. But these nine spheros are associated with the nine hechalos in the Zohar and Parshas Noyach, where Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says, Arimas Yadi Bitslosa. I raise my hands in tefillah, and the Ramchal has a perush on that mimer in the Zohar, which talks about the loftiest levels of Kedusha. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov in Torah Chafdalin in the 24th teaching in the Kutamaran also discusses this concept. But what we find in those nine originary spheros, we find something unique that we don't find anywhere else. And it's almost a transgression of the interdiction announced by the Sefer Hayatzira. Because the Sefer Hayatzira says, always remain careful to ensure that there's 10 spheros. Not 11 spheros and not 9 spheros, but 10 spheros. Because 10 is the number of Kedusha, 11 is the number of excess and surplus and extra things as if we can add things, and 9 is the number of deficiency as something lacking. But we see in Shar Yud Gimel, in Shar Atik, the Arizal says as follows. The original nine spheros are Keser, Chachma, Bina, Chesed, Gevura, Teferes, Netzach, and Hod, and Yesod. Nine spheros, missing a last one. There's no Malchus. There's no Malchus found in that lofty realm. There's no constriction found in that lofty realm. And the Arizal and the Meforshim asked the question, where is this tenth sphere? Where is Malchus? And what the Arizal answers, and Rav Chaim Vital answers in the name of his Rebbe, is that that Malchus, the original Malchus, is rooted in the Keser of Keser. It's rooted in the highest point of that system. It's rooted in the Gimel Ration of Atik, in the top three spheros of Atik Yomen, which is referred to as Resha de lo Isyada, the unknowable head. Now the reason that Resha de lo Isyada 
the apex of the system of the Arizal, the Kesser Kol HaKsarim, the highest point that a person can conceivably come to in terms of understanding our relationship with the infinite is what the Arizal refers to as Reisha Delo to the extent that based on the Klal HaErchin, on the relativity principle that we discuss in the name of the Rashash, any level that a person comes to, say, assuming we're working within the ground floor of our space of relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the ceiling is going to be Reisha Delo Isyada, and that's going to be the apex of what we could come to. Now, above racial Loisida, again, there's going to be an infinitely larger level that a person can then ascend up to to realize that what they've come to know until this point is nothing and null and void. But the apex is always racial Loisida, wherever and whichever level you're working on, to the point that the Vilnagon and Safraditsniusa's parish there, and the Arizal on his parish on Safraditsniusa, writes explicitly that racial Loisida ikri ain sof that relatively speaking, when a person comes to the level of Radla, when a person comes to that place of the unknowable head, it's as if they have reached the infinite level of that particular Darga that they're on. Not to say, God forbid, that they've reached the Etzem, but rather they've reached the apex of what they can conceive of in terms of that level. And now the next step is to ascend back up to the realization that they know absolutely nothing, only to go through that entire process again. So what the Arizal is telling us is that if you want to understand the first Shoresh of Malchus, if you want to understand that first place that Malchus can be found, it's contained and inherent within that originary space of Reshad Lo Isyada, that unknowable head, that space of godliness that is so lofty that when we come to that place, when we come to that attempt to recognize the infinite presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all we can recognize is the low isyada, that we can't know it. Now the question is, what is this reishad lo isyada? What is this place that Malchus is rooted in? That all finite manifestation, that all of our anxieties and our experiences of darkness and concealment and questioning and all of the different things that we talk about from day to day, what takes place in that place of reishad lo isyada, in that unknowable head? in that loftiest stage in the Seder HaRishtalshalos. Now, one of the reasons, according to the Arizal, and again, Rav brings this down so often, there's a remarkable mimer, one of, in my humble opinion, one of my favorite ma'amarim, in Yam HaChachma, Tavshin Ayin, called the Hispia Betzachzacha all about the concept of Rashi Loisida, about 200 pages. And what Rav is basing himself on there is what Rav Chaim Vital wanted to try and understand in the name of his Rebbe. Why is it that the apex of the system, the apex of the level that we can reach, is referred to as Reisha Delo Isyada, the unknowable head, or the head that cannot be known, or the level of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that remains perpetually out of grasp. Now, instead of coming on to the concept of that negative theological impulse that we've been speaking about so often, that when a person reaches the top of the level, they come to a place of realizing that and that all we can know is what we don't know, like the Rambam would say, the Arizal has a very different answer. The Arizal says, if you want to know why Radla, why Reisha Delo Isyada, the unknowable head, the apex of the system remains unknowable, remains always and forever perpetually out of the individual's grasp, so that our way of connecting is not absolute knowledge, 
or empirical data, but rather by way of faith, by way of believing in something that we can't truly conceive of, because leis machshavat tzvisa beklal. The reason for that is because I don't know, Rav Chaim Vital says, exactly what my Rebbe meant. When the Arizal taught me about Rashid Lo Isyada, it wasn't clear exactly what he was describing. There are sveikos there, there are doubts there. Now, Ravitch goes through each and every one of those doubts based on the writings of the Arizal, which are very practical and almost mathematical in their nature, so we're not going to be discussing them too much. What we're going to be discussing is the fact that the reason the highest level on any level of reaching HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be considered unknowable is because we're doubtful as to what exactly is taking place there. Because when a person reaches that level, when a person ascends to the highest point that they can ascend to, what they come to recognize is that it's impossible to stand precisely upon what is taking place. Whether HaKadosh Baruch Hu is revealing himself to us by way of positive assertion, or whether HaKadosh Baruch Hu is concealing himself from us by way of negation. Whether our attempt to grasp HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs to be by way of yediyah and knowledge, or whether our grasp of HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs to be by way of emuna, which is the absence of knowledge. Whether the Iker Avoida is tefillah of davening and being misbatel and nullifying ourselves in that feverish yearning towards that which is above us by way of our own recognition of our inherent lack, or whether it should be Torah, which is the conception of what makes us feel powerful and valuable, whether it's the impulse of Ahava that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us, or whether it's the impulse of Yira that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us down to the more practical levels, whether it's bi'iyun that I should be learning or whether it's bikiyas that I should be learning, whether it's musr that I should be learning or whether it's chasidus that I should be learning. In the space of reshid lo isyada, it's not clear which one is true. Rav Chaim Vital says, I don't know what I heard from my Rebbe. A could be true and B could be true. Now the Meforshim and Rav Itchemeyer brings down the raid of all of them, the Toma Chaim Zachu and the Ramchal and the Balasulam and the Shach in Yeridea, all of the different Meforshim and the Leshem Shabbat who call this into question, they say, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're talking about the apex of the Kabbalistic system. We're talking about the loftiest point in the Dargos of the worlds of what the Ariza was describing through Ruach HaKodesh, what he was able to perceive on the banks of the Nile River from the Giloy Eliyahu and through the Koyach of Hispoidudus that when we come to the apex, it's doubtful, it's questionable which is true and what's not true of how we need to relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how HaKadosh Baruch Hu relates to us. So what the Meforshim all agree upon, and Ravit Shemayer Morgenstern stresses it so clearly, is that these sveikos of Reshad Loisyada, these doubts of, of Radla, this not knowing which is true and which is not true, is not the same as the doubts as the sveikos that we engage in in practical day-to-day life. In practical day-to-day life, the sveikos that we experience, those existential doubts that confound our faith and our trust, are because one thing is true and one thing is not true. And in our minds, there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it, and we simply don't know which way to do it. We're afraid that we're going to make the wrong choice. We're afraid that what we choose to follow is not going to be the correct path. But at the level of Radla, 
at the level of Rashid Lo Isyadat, that level of the Atik of Atik, that Bechina of Ein Sof, that infinite limit that a person comes to, what all of the Meforshim of the Arizal agree upon is that those fakos are not because one is true and one is not true, but both are true at the same time. And in the space of Rashid Lo Isyadat, in that unknowable head that human conception can never truly understand because of our limited rational faculties, there's a perpetual assault of two possibilities always taking place in unison simultaneously to the point that it's impossible for an individual to stand upon one of them without being assaulted by the other one. Like the Laha Tacher of that rotating sword that the Cherubim hold that block Adam Arishon from returning back to Gan Eden, where it's, it's glistening because it's moving so fast and the suffix doesn't come because one thing is wrong and one thing is right, but the suffix is that both are true simultaneously and our limited conception of reality cannot grasp that. So the loftiest level of the system of the Arizal and what Ravit Shemayar sees as the apex of the system is the realization that when we come to a place of Radla, when we come to a place of Reisha Delo Isyada, we're forced to recognize that at the end of the day, the only thing that we can do is to have Emunah to have emuna and faith in the fact that both are true at once, that the machloksim between yira and ahava, between fear of God and love of God, between Torah and tefillah, between chasidus and the gra, between the Kabbalah of the Ramak and the Kabbalah of the Arizal, between the Kabbalah of the Leshem and the Kabbalah of the Balhasulam, between dveikus bimurgash, where a person feels sensually that they're connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or Dveikus Bilti Morgash, or whether it's an unconscious experience of connection to Hashem, whether it's Ratzo running forward to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that feverish attempt to move from limitation to the unlimited, or whether it's Shov, which is the calming waters of descending from the unlimited back into limitation. Is it Mati or Lomati? And what our tzaddikim, what Ravit Shemayar points out so expressively is that it's both at the same time. That simultaneity of the experience, like we've been discussing until now, the simultaneity of grasping only the midos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, while simultaneously at the same moment, impossibly speaking, to recognize that we're also grasping the infinite of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To realize that on the one hand, leis machshava tvisa beklal, and the other hand, to recognize that that the desire of the heart has the capacity of grasping it. To recognize the two naturally paradoxical modes of sovev kol almin, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu annihilating all of reality in his infinitude which surrounds reality, and memale kol almin, which is the imminent presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which gives room for reality. The paradox of Yichud Ilah, the lofty unity of Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, which reminds us, as the Balatanya Yisrael says, that nothing exists other than the true nature of godliness. And the paradoxical reality of Yichud Tata, the lower unity of Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus which says, no, everything exists, it's simply animated by the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. At the level of Rashid Lawasyada, both are true simultaneously, and we're unable to grasp that, and therefore it appears to us as fakos. When I was learning this sugya in the Arizal before I found myself in the writings of Ravichemeyer, what I wanted to understand was why does the Zohar HaKadosh refer to Radla as Rashid Lo Isyada, as the head that can never be known? 
as opposed to saying Reisha de lo yada, the head that is not known. Meaning to say, is there a possibility that we can ever come to a place where those sveikos will be settled, in which case the sveikos and those doubts are only temporary, and the Zohar should have referred to it as Reisha de lo yada, the head that is not known? Or is it something that will perpetually be out of our reach, no matter what level we reach, to always realize that there's something higher than us, and that's why the Zohar refers to it as Reisha de lo isyada, the head that cannot be known the head that will not be known, implying that it's never going to be that way, that we'll never be able to have grasp of it. So this was probably about six or seven years ago, and I reached out through email to Ravitchemeyer, through one of his gabayim, and I asked a very simple question. I asked, is it referred to as Reshad Lo Isyada because it will never truly be known, even when we reach the level of knowing it, we'll come to realize there's a loftier level that we cannot know. And the answer that I got was the Kamarna Rebbe in the Hakdama to the Zayar Harchai says that Lasid Lavo in the future, Reshad Lo Isyada will become known to the individual. Which was disappointing to me, in my humble opinion, because my entire understanding of the system is that even when a person comes to a place of knowledge, of knowing what cannot be known, there will be a new level of infinitude in the infinity of unknowing that comes in its place. So at that time, I had the schuss to also be in a chabura with Rav Matil Zilber, the Stachina Rebbe, who's a close friend of Rav Itchemeyer. And I spoke to him after chabura, and I said to him, I asked him the question that I was asking, and I told him what Rav Itchemeyer answered. And he smiled, and he says, yes, but it's Betaras Ha'erchen. It's relative. Meaning to say that both are true. Yes, in the future, the Reisha Delo Isyada will come to be known. The Sveikos will be Miyushav. A person will be able to understand how the simultaneity of all things are taking place at once. How on the one hand, there's a limit towards what we can conceive of with regards to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, yet on the other hand, it's specifically in that limit that we touch the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu But what Rav Matul was saying is that Rav Itchemeyer's answer is also based on Klaleha Erchen, which means that no matter what level you come to of pure knowledge of Reshad Lo Isyada, of that Pachina of Ein Sof, you'll also simultaneously come to realize that there's more sveikos on top of it. So that settled my mind in the sense because Rashid Lo Isida reminds us that the loftiest level that we'll ever come to is going to be the reality that we can never truly grasp how the impossible paradox of something and nothing, of Ein and Yesh, of that Koyach of Keser that contains both something and nothing within it, both the somethingness of Bina and the nothing of Chachma in unison, we can never truly understand how that is experienced. Now, in Sefer, in Safer Ditzniusa, one of the most fundamental parts of the Zayar HaKadosh, which the Vilna Gon and the Arizal wrote their famous Perushimon, the opening of Safer Ditzniusa is as follows. Safer Ditzniusa, Safer the Shakil B'Metkala. So the, the Vilna Gon, on the first five words of that the book of concealment, the book that is weighed on scales. The Gon writes, based on the Arizal, that Sniutsa, that modesty, that concealment, is the Bechina, is the aspect of Reshad Lo Isyada is the Bechina of that unknowable head. And the Tzafra, the book of concealment, is the Das that's Mesgalot to us. 
that on a certain level in our minds we can conceive of the fact that there's a place in our minds that we can never conceive. And by way of that knowledge of what we can never truly know, we have a, a small grasp of the concept of Rashad Lo Isyada. Now I want to read to you the words that I saw in the in Ravitchmayer in Yama Chachma. This is going to be in Yama Chachma Tafshin Samaches. It's going to be on page 770. I shook when I read this because I've never seen Ravitchmayer write in such a lashon. Iker Sod Hatsnius. The deepest secret of modesty, the fact that is considered as nothing and something at once. Now the question is, is tznius, is the modesty of Kabbalah, is the modesty of Chachma Sanister, the need for occlusion, the need for concealment, the need for holding it in a secret, is that because we don't want other people to know about it? or because we're afraid the wrong people will hear about it? Or is it something deeper? Is the ontological reality of Kabbalah tznius, modesty, the realization that something will always remain hidden no matter what? Like the Lesham Shabbat Haloma says, the concept of sod in Torah Sasod is not because it's a secret that I'm holding or withholding from someone, but it's sod because even when I disclose it, there's still a secrecy to it. Meaning to say that Reshad Lo Isyada is the secret of Tzniyos, not because we need to keep it hidden, but because its inherent nature is that it's hidden and it can never truly be understood except by way of Emunah. And Ravichamai writes as follows, V'havein ma'od, understand this deeply, desod zeh, this secret of nothingness and somethingness together, this is the root of the entirety of Taras Kabbalah. And the entire concept Shortly is the whole Indian haraz asher Kabbalah, the entire concept of secrecy in Kabbalah and the need to hold it secret. Tachliso lahatsnia sodze, its purpose is to conceal this secret of how something and nothing, these two paradoxes, can operate in unison. If in truth they're two opposites, which according to the rational mind are in disagreement and have no room with one another, from one limit to the other, and they're removed from one another at, in the fullest expression of thought, nevertheless, both of them not only speak for one another, but they emerge in a sum total that is greater than the sum of their parts. It's completely removed from the mind how this is a possibility. But nevertheless, through the secret wondrous power of Kesser, which contains something and nothing, the Ain and the Ani, the subject and the nothingness at once, they're unified in the secret of faith, which will always remain above and beyond the rational conception of things. And this itself is the nature of the tzniyus, the nature of the modesty. The way that the Gra hints in his parish on Safar Ditzniyusa in numerous places. That the entire concept of modesty and the need to hold things secret is rooted in the concept of the Reisha Deloisyada. 
because the Gra says that Sniusahu Radla, concealment and modesty is the concept of Rashid Loisyada, Shinhu Ne Kolchai. This way of HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealing himself in our minds is above and beyond any rational conception. And it's only revealed in Chachma as it's mislabish in itself. And that's why this Torah is rooted in something referred to as Tzafr Ditzniusa. Now, only because it's coming time for Hanukkah, we're not going to lose ourselves in the Chag of Purim, but Rav Shemayar in his Kavanos on Purim, in the writings on Shar Kavanos and Priyitz Chaim, speaks so often about how Radla, Reshad Lo Isyuda, is revealed on Purim in the Bechina of Tachlis Hayadiyah Shaloneda, reaching the apex of thought, which is recognizing that we can never truly grasp things in their essence. But what's most important for the Chiddush of Rav Shemayar, in my humble opinion, is as follows. Malchus is found in Radla. The malchus that we find ourselves in, the confusion, the concealment, the questions of dark or light, right or wrong, the lower fallen doubts that we encounter in our day-to-day experiences and our moment-to-moment engagement with the world are not simply due to the darkness that occludes light, but rather the questioning and the concealment and the confusion and the confoundedness that an individual experiences in this lowly space of Malchus, in this place of Ragleha Yardu Maves, in the level of Shchinta Begalusa, with all of the negative connotations that we could conceive of, Klipas Neiga and Chitzonias and Bri Yitzir and the Chitzonim, all of those things are not some accidental symptom of something gone awry but rather they are truly rooted and still rooted in the loftiest place, which is Reisha Lo Isyada, which is that place of the unknowable head. That in truth, the Sveikos that we encounter down here, which remind us of one thing is right and one thing is wrong, is truly rooted in the lofty level where both things are true simultaneously, but because we can't conceive of that in our rational minds, we're forced to engage in the Mida of Amuna, of faith of more emunah in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that in spite of the lowly fallen sveikos that we find, those sveikos that the person experiences, those bechinos of Amalek, what we're truly touching is the residual relationship that we always contain with the concept of Reshad Lo Esyada, with that unknowable head. And what I want to end with tonight, and I don't typically read this long from the writings, but the Lashonos here are so... Mesukim midvash, v'nofes sufim. And they're so practical to the individual soul in the modern condition of finding themselves caught within the existential doubt of abysmal questioning. Ravitchemeyer comes along to offer a trufa to the Maka, alim le trufa, which offers a certain level of menucha within the soul. This is going to be from De'e Chachma Lanafshacha. Shnas Tavshin Samachay, so 2004. These were the Shalashudas Drashos, the first year that the Drashos were published, at least practically in the Sefer. This is in Parshas Vayechi, and Davkuf Ayin Ches. says as follows We need to understand, that all doubts that a person has with regards to how to serve God in this world. In truth, they're rooted in the place of true connection to godliness. That's referred to as the unknowable head. 
And these are sveikos that are not doubtful because there's one answer over another, but they're sveikos because they're an etzem hasafik, like the Lashem refers to them. Or as Rav Hanan Wasserman and Hashem Yim Komdomo discusses in his parish on Maseches Psachim, that there's a concept of suffik be'etzem, an essential doubt that is not rooted in some lack or occlusion of knowledge, but rather it's an ontological reality of doubt. Ubemakum nishkad zeh, and at that lofty place of Radla, berega echad mitnotzetz zeh havchana, uberega acheres mitnotzetz havchana shnia. That in each moment, simultaneously, there's one understanding, and then at the next moment, there's another understanding like it's referred to in the writings of the Ramchal with regards to the Sveikos of Radla, that in truth, they're all true. Because by the level of Reisha below Isyada, which is the aspect of the Or HaEmunah HaPshuta, the light of simple faith, because there it is the place of doubt. And all of these doubts descend into the world as doubts in Avodah Hashem, doubts in the work of Emunah. And they emerge and sparkle in the mind of an individual in the secret of racial Oisida. And an individual needs to come to the place where these shvekos, where these doubts that they encounter are no longer bothering them. Because every time a person is stuck in a suffix that is toyred as shalvasa adam umuvalvel machshavto, that any time the doubts of an individual confuse the mind or confound the mind, that's the Bechina of Nistamu Enehem Velibam Shayisrael, that the hearts and the eyes of Bnei Yisrael were closed. But in truth, it's impossible and it's forbidden to allow the doubts that a person experiences in their amuna and their minds to disturb the peace of the individual. Because a person has to understand that these doubts descend in the secret of Sveikos Daradla. And God wants these sveikos. And we don't need to run away from the sveikos. All of this is the aspect of the revelation of the Rashid Lo Isyada. The revelation in the moment that two things can be true simultaneously. And when a person finds themselves in that doubt, a person has to cleave to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to assert the godliness in their minds that is revealed to them in that moment, and to be aware that this hisnotesis, this simultaneity of two things happening at once, is really rooted in Reshad Loisida. And therefore it shouldn't bother an individual because the entire purpose of it is to force us to come deeper into a level of Amuna that when we find ourselves in Malchus, in the Avodah of Amunah, in the Avodah of Tefillah, in the Avodah of Amunah Pshuta, in the Avodah of Hespoidudus, in the Avodah of the nighttime, all of those things associated with Malchus, in its degradation, in its denigration, and all of its negation, what we need to remind ourselves is that that's rooted in the loftiest level of the system. And to end with the fact that tonight is Yat Kislev, tonight is the... Rosh Hashanah of Hasidus, what the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the second Lubavitcher Rebbe writes in Kuntras in Yanei Shel Torah HaChasidus is that the Chiddush of the Baal Shem Tov and the Chiddush of Torah HaChasidus is that he made the concept of Reish Lo Isida applicable to all individuals to show us that not only is HaKadosh Baruch Hu found above, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu is found below. And as Ravitchemeyer is masbir at length in Yam HaChachma, Tav Shin, Ayin Aleph in his Maimer Derech Eitz Chaim about the Chiddush of Torah HaChasidus 
based on the Piyazetz and the Rebbe's writings and the Kamarna Rebbe's writings, that the Chiddush of Hasidus above, and above Kabbalah, on a certain level, is that by Kabbalah, by the Osios of the Arizal, there's Oros and there's Kalim. And the Oros are different than the Kalim because the Or is the unlimited and the Kli is the limitation. Or the Or is infinite and the Kli is finite. But comes Taras HaChasidus, and this is really expressed beautifully in the Mavo Sha'arim of Rav Kalanimus Kalman Shapira from Piazetzna Hashem Yim Komdomo, Amenu, what we see there is that the Iker Chiddush of Hasidus is that even the Kalim are Niskala to be Eloikos. That even those places where we find concealment and darkness in our lives are also expressive of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Like the Lubavitcher Rebbe taught us, that the entire Indian of Teresa Hasidus is the Giloy of Reshid Lo Isyada to each and every individual in their own Emunapshuta. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.